from Grunthal. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing USA and presented by Justified Cultures. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got one of my favorite photographers in the sport of motocross, goes by the name of Mike Sweeney. Mike, welcome to the show. How are you this afternoon? Sunday. I'm good. It's... uh. It's it's frosty uh, outside. You know, New England uh, winter has arrived. We've we've been skating by uh, with some pretty good weather all winter. Like guys been out on their dirt bikes in the woods and stuff. And all of a sudden, uh, somebody flipped the switch, and you know we're getting like a foot of snow every other day, and you know super cold. And <laughs> the good news is it can't last that much longer because it's almost mid February or or mid February. So uh, Fair good. Well, uh, how was uh? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask no. you how your uh, California excursion was. Oh, dude, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you all the stories uh, that went down. It was uh, it was a trip that far exceeded my expectations. I was able to do things that I, I never imagined that I, I would uh, find myself in those situations, whether it be uh, interviewing Roger DeCoster, uh, which for those who are listening now, they can go back and listen to some of the, the pre-raised podcasts I did from Anaheim 1, uh, and then uh, like to hosting some shows with the Toyota Escondido guys and uh, being like elbow to elbow with guys like RJ, Rick Johnson, and, uh, and Jeremy McGrath. It was uh, meeting the people that I wanted to meet because Becoming uh, like kind of first name basis with guys like Ryan Dungey was totally wild and uh, um, totally taken back by it. And the time totally went way too quickly. But uh, uh, thank you very much for asking. Bet, it was yeah. an awesome, awesome no, trip did, and I can't wait did, to go back. You did a great job. All the content I that I heard that. coming out of there was excellent. Yeah. So if the yeah. question is, though, did Ryan call you buddy? He did. If you listen to my very first, ah, uh, you're in. <laughs> my, my very first podcast I did with him, uh, he uh, the very last little sign out there. He said, "Thanks, buddy." And uh, and the funniest thing is, is uh, like I would kind of like I'm still consider myself to be small peanuts, and I, for all intents and purposes, I am. Uh, my footprint that I have in the sport is rather modest, but uh, I do make one. And, um, at the very last round at the, uh, like I hadn't really, I, I had a couple of interviews with Ryan, but not a whole lot. Like maybe, I think I talked to him three different times over the course of six weeks, uh, which I would I, I don't think is a lot, but, uh, at, after the Oakland uh, press conference, he, uh, he remembered that I was only there for the first five rounds and he's like, this is your last one, right? Like you're, you're, you're going back home. And, uh, oh, I just, I couldn't believe that he would take like that. It would, he would commit to memory that I was, that I was only there for the first five rounds. That kind of blew me away, and uh, um, I, I, I thought that that was pretty cool. You guys have that kind of connection, kind of being from the same neighborhood, roughly, you know? Oh, I'm yeah, sure he for felt sure. Like, he's, for you. He's, about a, he's a year or so younger than I am, but uh, he used to just wax 
me and the other uh, other guys when we were on 125s and he was on a on a on an 80 or a 65. So uh, we we bonded over being uh, combatants in the uh, District 23. But uh, nevertheless, it's been uh, it's been cool just to uh, to develop a relationship with him and and see that uh, I too can can uh, kind of uh, develop a rapport with these racers because it's it's not easy thing to do and it was something that I was a little bit worried about uh, diving in with both feet. Uh, you did it though, so good job, man. I appreciate that, my friend. Well, uh, uh, I've got some good, great people around me that, that helped me uh, secure some good relationships and stuff like that. So uh, um, it was awesome. I had one week break. I missed the uh, the Dallas Supercross where uh, uh, basically a bomb blew off as far as uh, the results and uh, shaking some things up. Like in a race where uh, ha- like a, a, a third of your top 10 guys from the week prior are uh, outside the top 15 is just totally, totally weird to me, but uh, that is the case. That's what happened. But uh, um, uh, let's, let's, uh, the reason why I wanted to have you on is uh, not only to talk 250 East, because that's what uh, gets going this weekend in Minneapolis when I head back to Supercross, the sport I love so much, but I wanted to talk to you about some lost chromes, my friend. Um, you oh, are, yeah. for those who don't know, a photographer, who's been doing this uh, since ni- for, for a, a lot longer than since 1989, but professionally uh, and, uh, and turning out great content for, for a long period of time, uh, dating back to 1989. Uh, le- tell, tell me the, the story of some, uh, some missing uh, Fuji Chrome film, uh, I believe it's some slides or some, uh, like, the, g- give me, give me the, the backstory on this. And uh, I can already tell that you're, pr- you're already pretty uh, worked up about it. Yeah, I'm actually just really bummed out about it. Um, I'm starting to call these things the cursed chromes. Um, yes. Long story short is I, you know, I don't have much of my work left because it's all sitting at High Torque headquarters somewhere. Hopefully, I'll get to Southern California at some point. They'll allow me to go through and recover all of those chromes because they don't seem interested in sending them back to me, unfortunately. Uh, but anyway, you told I do me that while I was down there. there, I would have battened down their door. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyways, long story short, I don't have a lot of my work from back in the day. Uh, and the few crumbs that I did have, I sent to uh, RacerX uh, just to see if they were interested in like running a feature, you know, kind of lost photos that were never published type of deal. And I sent them to them probably, God, eight years ago, nine years ago. And unbelievably, they got misplaced at RacerX. And I had completely given up on them. Uh, and luckily... Uh, my friend Brett Smith, uh, also known as We Went Fast on Instagram, uh, was a fantastic great writer. If you want to learn some stuff about racing. Yeah. yeah, and you know he's a writer. He writes for Outside Magazine and a bunch of different motorcycle magazines and all kinds of great stuff. And uh, he was at the RacerX offices just researching some stuff and going through some photos and happened to come across a binder that said Mike Sweeney on it. And he texts me a photo look what I found, this photo of the binder and the inside content. I was like, holy shit, dude. I can't tell you how many years I've been looking for those photos. I thought they were long lost. So anyways, long story short, he got me in, uh, he got the photo sent back to me and they were like, RacerX was awesome. They were like, so sorry about, you know, having this place. They knew they weren't lost, but for whatever reason, they just couldn't find them. Uh, but they promptly sent them right back to me. Like a day or two later, uh, I had them back in my hands. Uh, and within cool story about this photo is within these, these crumbs, uh, one of them, if anybody goes back to the early mid nineties, they remind, 
they remember that famous Inside Motocross magazine that only lasted for like six issues. Right. Uh, one of the photos uh, was a shot of Just Stanton sitting over his rear fender at Southwick. Uh, was supposed to be the cover of uh, Inside Motocross, and unfortunately that issue never went to print. Uh, so it actually has the word cover written on the chrome on the cardboard. Uh, I think Fran Kuhn wrote it or one of the editors. And uh, so that's one of the chromes. It's kind of cool story behind it and just a neat shot of Jeff. And then uh, another of the chromes that's in that, in that compilation of chromes that were sent back to me that I was super excited about seeing uh, was what I consider the best shot I ever got of Damon Bradshaw in the Buckley Burn at Southwick. And he's just doing like perfect form, perfect roost, perfect backlighting. I think it was 92 or 93, just like that sick axle gear at the time. I mean, just, you know, the best shot I ever got of Bradshaw at the Buckley Burn. Uh, so anyways, I got all excited and about having these things back. I bought them to my local uh, camera and processing shop. You know, place has been around for like 40 years, great reputation, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I brought them back at the end of December uh, to be scanned and just digitized. I was going to go back with a thumb drive. They're going to put them on the, on the thumb drive for me and away I go. So they told me to take about two weeks. Uh, about two weeks into it, I hadn't heard anything. So I gave them a call. They said, oh, we're having some issues. Give me a call a few days. Uh, call back a few days later. Oh, we're still having some issues. I'll call you in a few days when they're ready. So I wait a few days, no call call them. Oh, we're still having some issues. Uh, I'll call you in a few days. So we a few more days, call back. At this point, I'm like, did you guys lose these or is there something going on? Oh, no, no, no. It's just issues with the machines and stuff. And we actually wound up having them send them to another lab uh, that we do a lot of work with because we can't get our machine fixed. It'll be about a week. So I'm like, okay. And I was like, you guys are going to call me when they're back? And he's like, oh yeah. A week goes by, I hear nothing. I call them back. I'm like, hey, where are these things? Oh, sorry. We haven't got them back yet. I guess they're having issues too. Uh, we'll call you in a few days when they're back. A few days pass again. And anyways, the process keeps repeating itself for Right. They keep they're, telling me they're, they're going to... Yeah. No one's helping you out. Never, you're, you're always having to, to search for the information. Yeah, and they're never calling me back. And anyways, so finally, the last time I called them, it was like just over a week, a week and a half ago. I'm like, okay, where's my photos? And they're like, oh, we're still having issues. I'm like, come on. He's like, you got to talk to the owner. I said, why do I need to talk to the owner? And I go, you guys lost my photos, didn't you? He goes, yeah. I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. So I leave a voicemail with the owner. About three days go by, a guy hasn't called me back. This is like a Thursday. I gave it to Monday. I don't hear back from him. So I call him up. Fully apologetic. I'm sorry. We'll find these things. Blah, blah, blah. I'll give you a call in a few days. A few days go by. I don't hear back. (laughs) like, you got to be freaking. So anyways, Long story short, I've, I've now spoken to both the owner and the general manager. I apologize profusely, made every excuse in the book, and these crumbs are still missing. Uh, so this week I went actually and, and filed a police report that I, I think they're stolen. I think somebody, because actually the kid that waited on me originally knew what they were and recognized the riders and recognized who, you know the historical significance of the photos. Wow, what's the chances um, of that? I know, I know. Small world, but, you know, moto mm-hmm. is moto. Unfortunately. So, uh so, uh, yeah, so Saturday I filed a police report w- with uh, the police in the town that the photo lab is in, and now they are got detectives investigating it and everything else. So we'll see what happens. Um, if anybody wants to follow along, just follow my Instagram because I've posted uh, a shot of that shot of Stanton. Actually, I wound mm-hmm. up taking uh, um, iPhone photos of two of the chromes, like holding them up to the light so you can see, like, my thumbs and everything in it. 
But yeah, uh, it's the it's the shot of Stanton and also a shot of Johnny O that everybody forgot about when he came back with Team Honda. I think one of the Honda satellite teams in 1993 or four, and he's in like full exo gear, mm. uh, which is kind of interesting photo. Um, so, anyways, those are posted on my Instagram account. And if anybody wants to go look on Sweeney photo on Instagram and see those photos, and if anybody sees those photos posted anywhere else, especially like good scans of them, I'd love to know about it. Or if anybody sees on eBay, you know, some professional quality 35 millimeter chromes, most of them taken at Southwick uh, in like 90, 91, 92, 93, those are probably mine. <laughs> I would love to know about it. Um, no kidding. Know, well, uh... I, I do hope that your your photos are recovered, or at least uh, you you know what 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 ended up happening with them. Uh, it's it's just it's unfortunate for them these things happen, and uh, it just it seemed it totally blows my mind that someone would uh, um, uh, just um, be that dishonest and and the fact that the the company yeah. that you dealt with was so shady about it for for as long as they were like kind of just stringing you along um would, like it, it just it all seems very odd but we, like i i do hope yeah. that all, yeah. all things get ironed out and that uh your photos are uh, are recovered and that you can uh yeah hopefully like uh, if if racer x doesn't want to do a feature with them i would love to uh um if if you if you end up getting them back uh having almost kind of like a going through each photo kind of uh with an with like I could put all the photos um on a page and then we could have a podcast of just scrolling down each through them and you can kind of give me a little bit of a backstory on each one that'd be kind of cool if that ends up happening to be the case but hey this is Zach Cummins from Phoenix Racing Co you're listening to the Big MX Radio show we're going to commercial we'll be right back Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Maddie Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffay, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day, so we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. This is a test of your racersindex.com awareness. This was a test to see if you're ready to be found at racersindex.com. Supercross and Arena Cross are coming up. Now is the time to secure your position on a team. Mechanics, models, riders, flaggers, team owners, production specialists, anything related to racing, be found at racersindex.com. Click it for your ticket to be found and become part of the racing industry. Racersindex.com, your ultimate race production resource. Visit racersindex.com now. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us.
Cereal V's Amigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia, and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the Viral brand. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today and never settle. Hey, this is Adam with Vexy MX, and you're listening to the Big MX Podcast Radio Show. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 Speed, too. Let's uh, let's dive straight into the uh, the 250 uh, the few of the East East class, we have seen the four fifty or the two fifty West guys. Um, we've we've only seen two winners in that class, amazingly enough, uh, with uh, McElrath 
rattling off the two first wins. And then, uh, honestly, it's just been totally weird ever since with, with his, his results. But uh, what stayed consistent is, is Justin Hill, which it blows me away. I think uh, a lot of people kind of saw him coming from left field. But uh, the kid's always had speed. I think he just finally put all the pieces together as a uh, he's, he's a somewhat more mature uh, still very uh, uh, young-hearted uh, young man who just uh, like he's taking it very simple and uh, and riding his motorcycle. I think that's pretty cool to see. But uh, let's talk East Coast uh, and uh, some of the guys that uh, are are going to be combating for that championship. Two guys that were um, basically they were super close for the championship last year. In fact, I believe uh, at uh, at some point both of them carried the the points lead at some point or at least won races. Uh, Joey Savacci. And um, and Christian Craig, who who raced each other last year on the West, both guys will be on the on the East this year. In my books, those those have got to be your two uh, main contenders as far as uh, a championship goes. Do you disagree? No, not at all. I definitely agree. And what I'm especially interested in uh, with that is, I'm wondering if there's going to be any continuation of that little bit of bad blood. If you remember that kind of crossing the line incident in the Wolves yes. last year. Of course, yeah, that was uh, that was basically the the championship as far as uh, um, like uh, Savachi was concerned. Moving forward, I believe it was a pass for second place, if not the lead. And um, yeah, in the whoops, crossing over, crossing, uh, t- touching tires a little bit, and uh, down goes Savachi and a pretty uh, a pretty big wreck. So, uh, um, but both both riders sporting uh, lower numbers this year, and um, they've they've both got uh, they've got some wins under their belt. Um, it, it, in in my eyes, those are the two guys that are going to be rising to the cre- to the to the top on a regular basis. Uh, my question to you is: uh, Is there anyone that can kind of uh, get between those guys, Adam C and Cerullo, um, R.J. Hampshire, any of those guys, or maybe even Zach Osborne? Um, to kind of mix things up, or is it going to be those two, those two guys and everybody else? I would like to think that uh, the Zach Osborne will be a presence. I mean, he showed the the speed last year, and I know he got his what is it a wrist or thumb that he hurt in that incident with thumb. Bowers, and then, thumb. yeah, and then he wasn't the same after that. But yeah, I think Zach O has the speed. You know, he's been working out with Alden and, and training with all of those guys. And, you know, you know he's doing a lot of high-intensity training, probably like he never has before. So, yeah, I, w- I would think that uh, Zach Owen and AC, man, I can't wait to see what he brings. Uh, you know, I'm such a fan of that kid. I've said it before. and uh, You know, just pure talent and speed. And it would be interesting to see if he's grown into his, you know, six-foot-tall body yet and figured things out. And I uh, can't wait to see it. For sure, uh, I was able to uh, see him firsthand, uh, just uh, in in street clothes at a couple of Anaheim's this year. Uh, and the, the kid looks he looks fit. He looks like he's filled out even just the littlest bit, which definitely helps. Um, but like yeah. you, I think we're all just kind of sitting on our hands, waiting to see what he brings to the table. I like uh, I think. Uh, from an interview standpoint, from a media standpoint, Adam Cianciarolo is good for the sport of motocross. Um, as far as uh, his race results and his racing uh, so far during his professional career, as far as an entertainment value is concerned, uh, other than his first five races, have kind of left a little bit to, to desire. And I think that's why some of the fans have kind of... Uh, um, they 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 they're treating him like Missouri. They want to they want me to show me uh, what what he's got. And <laughs> um, but uh, I think this year, if there's any year that he's going to turn things around, it's this year. Um, 
he needs to have consistency. He needs to have speed. And um, it's a total wait and see thing. Do I think so? By some, by some videos that you've seen on social media and just his attitude, I'd say yes. I think he's going to, to do yeah. well and, uh, and, and challenge for this championship. If there's anybody in my list that I feel can get, if not a win, uh, multiple wins during this nine-round series, uh, other than uh, the first two guys, Joyce Avachi and Christian Craig, that I, uh, I had mentioned, it's Adam Cianthrillo. Um, like if I was to pick, if I had to pick only three guys to get main event wins throughout this next uh, this, this series, I think it's got to be uh, those three. Yeah, you just look at his rookie season of Supercross. What was it? First two or three races, and how good he was, and yeah. that's just kind of an idea, you know, of what he can bring to the table. And yeah, it's going to be good, man. It's it's funny. It's uh, it seems like when the when the West is is really getting good and heating up, it just stops, and it's kind of like this start over thing with the East. And it's kind of like it's kind of like starting a new TV show, you know, with all the drama and sublines and plot lines and everything else going on. Um, totally. What we'll, we'll, so what yeah. uh, what blows me away is uh, even as a like I'm supposed to have my my thumb on the on the pulse of all this stuff. I have a uh, kind of a, a some some recency bias, and I, I sometimes forget about some of these athletes just in general. Like I just don't think of them because they're uh, like I don't follow a lot of them on social media. I tend to uh, keep to uh, I just I'm very careful about who I follow, so I don't like, I don't litter it full of of, uh, of professional motocross racers. Maybe I should. I'd be have more of my my thumb on the <laughs> on the pulse of, of some of these guys' program, but uh, like uh, Jordan Smith and R.J. Hampshire. And uh, Dylan Ferrandis haven't really been haven't exactly been uh, uh, flashing across my newsfeed over the last little while. So uh, you, you tend to kind of forget about these guys a little bit and forget that they're they're badasses in their own uh, their own right, and uh, they look to, uh, to to do battle for this championship and uh, and and get some good results of their own. What do you make of a couple of rookies stepping into the class? I know it's difficult. It's East Coast. They've got their soup their arena cross points, if not last year and uh earlier this uh this this winter uh cameron mcadoo chase sexton they'll be running uh three digit numbers as well as dylan ferrandis uh of those three guys who who do you expect to have uh some decent results you know i've heard a lot of good things about both of them both cameron and chase um if i recall correctly chase is coming off of an injury um I don't recall what it was. I remember hearing something about him being hurt. And, uh, yeah, I heard some interview uh, with Tony Alessi about Cameron. He was just very, had great things to say about him and his abilities on the motorcycle. So he could be, you know, he could be a dark horse as far as that goes, too, as far as the racing goes. Um, But, you know, once again, you go back and they're rookies and, you know, probably the most, or not probably, I think the most talented rookie uh, in the 250s on either class this year is, is Austin Fortner and, you know, look at how he struggled. He's, he's yeah. starting to put together now. So I think with both of those guys, I mean, you know, those are boys going against men uh, as far yeah. as Savachi and Christian Craig. Uh, so, you know, we'll see, you know, the days where, you know, a 16 year old Damon Bradshaw comes in and kicks RJ's ass in a race are, 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 are long gone, you know? 
Um, yeah, and, and I don't the, think the oddities of having uh, like a James Stewart that came in and he didn't even win his cha- his first uh, championship. That went to uh, Travis Preston, but uh, and then uh, Carmichael with his yep. Yep. Uh, vaunted uh, 1997 season, and then uh, but then you you have years yep. where uh, Trey Kennard comes in and I think he rattled off four wins out of his first five uh, and um, just crushed it in 2008. So um, yep. we've we've yep. seen some amazing things. We've seen some not so amazing things and they don't call them rookie mistakes for nothing uh so uh i expect speed i expect mistakes and i expect uh some some up and down results hashtag analysis yeah. none of that's a surprise to anybody but uh i don't think that um like i think it would would be a surprise if you see cameron mcadoo uh in the top five every single week like that would be um that would be a dream for any uh any guy coming into the into the pro ranks so uh um i don't think either one of those exactly. those guys yeah. are kind of an exception to the rule they're they're gonna struggle they're gonna find a way and honestly a lot of them a couple of them crack under the pressure into the lights a little bit and that's just rookies and supercross yeah you know i think i think it's reasonable to expect them to break into the top five you know kind of yeah mid to late in, in the series uh you know maybe by indie or so you know, you can start expecting that. But, yeah, I think, you know, your top four guys every week are going to be, you know, Craig, Savachi, AC, uh, you know, Zacco, uh, and then, you know, RJ. I mean, those are some pretty seasoned guys at this point, you know, especially the top three and four. So, uh, and it's crazy. It's just, you know, it's, it's starting to feel like AC's been around for a while, but race-wise, he doesn't have that many under his belt. No, especially not Supercrosses. Uh, I would be, I yeah. would venture to guess he's got under 10. Uh, yeah. Supercrosses, including the first five uh, of which, of, of course, Toronto was his fifth round, and then uh, the shoulder ca- wouldn't stay in for him. But uh, um, yep. like, l- let's let's touch on a guy like Dylan Ferrandis coming from the GPS. Not like he's shown yeah. that he can ride Supercross, whether it be the like a Paris round or or a, a European Supercross. But those are different. That's different soil, different preparation, and uh, a di- whole different stage. Uh, coming in, you've you've never even raced a uh, an outdoor national, uh, which would, I imagine would be kind of his bread and butter as far as uh, where his uh, his talents lie. Jumps straight into East Coast Supercross, where I'm sure the, the the whoops get broken down a little bit more. They're not as daunting as they are over on the West, but uh, nevertheless, there's just, like the the Supercross usually, tracks usually get even more challenging, more technical as the series goes to the East. Um, I expect honestly, I don't have high expectations for for Dylan Ferrandis. I expect him to be a seven through twelfth place guy. Figure it out. Uh, stay safe, and if he is able to do so, he'll end up uh, surviving the the series. But if he's um, has dead set on being a top five guy, I if if that's his goal, I honestly have my doubts about Dylan making it all the way through the series. And I, I don't like uh, I, I'd say that to his face. Honestly, the guy uh, he's not known as a crasher, but this is a Supercross, and um, yeah. we've seen a lot of guys come over from Europe, Europe and make mistakes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Different program, different program, bigger tracks, bigger jumps, more riders. Yeah, everything is different. So, yeah, and the, like you can put as many laps on the Star Track or Milestone or any of those tracks that you like. You can go to the Yamaha track. 
Uh, we've seen it with, uh, with, with other guys in the past. If you're riding by yourself all the time, you're riding with your teammates, not the same as jumping into a first corner in a heat race full of a bunch of uh, 16 through 25-year-old nut jobs that uh, have their lunch on the line. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, the, the bullets will be flying. My question for the, uh, for the East coast is, is, uh, kind of a question mark. I sent him a text and he didn't get back to me is, uh, Colt Nichols didn't never did line up for a race in, on the West coast. I imagine and he's been on the bike for about three or four weeks, um, since, since breaking his femur. Do you see him show up, uh, on the, on the East coast? And that's a guy who over the last two years, we've seen him get a podium and we've also seen him be in the top five, uh, on, uh, on privateer efforts this is his best uh, the best equipment he's been on i don't know if he's going to be there but if he is can he make a difference i would say yes if he was coming in healthy uh you know not coming in off of an injury but you know he's behind that eight ball a little bit you know so that always makes it tough even for a seasoned guy so you got to kind of downtack him a little bit just because of that so I, I hope that he's out there. I think uh, as far as getting a good interview out of, out of anyone, if I, I could uh, um, get a decent motocross interview about out of Colt Nichols if I ask him about the weather. weather. So uh, um, that, that <laughs> I look forward to uh, if he is there. Um, what about, uh, I guess we, we touched on him shortly, uh, for briefly, but Zach Osborne, the 16 machine, all on his own in the, uh, under the Husky rig as far as 250s go. Uh, he is a total professional. And um, I think at, at his his age, I think he's a year. He's the same age as me. I think he's an eighty eight, um, or maybe he's an eighty. He might be an eighty nine. Either way, uh, he's a family man. He's a married man, and uh, he's a man amongst the boys in this class. But he's always been on a two fifty. He doesn't really have to change his riding style to to uh, to uh, to change with the kids. Um, do you think he might be the smartest racer out there? Yeah, he's good. I mean, he's got all that, you know, he's got world experience, you know, VPs, he's done it all. So, uh, he's, a, he's a crafty racer for sure. And, uh, you know, he, he knows what it's going to take. And, you know, I think if Zacho gets a start, I think he's going to, uh, he's going to be able to ride wide and maintain the lead and, uh, let's play it smart. And the other thing too is, uh, you know, we've got the longer races now, uh, with, yeah. with some of these rookies, that's going to be another factor. Uh, and I don't see that being a problem for Zacho, you know, coming out of a baker's factory and uh, everything else so yeah i think that that not, does nothing but help uh, uh zach going into the season no kidding well uh i, th- I think that, that like you're right you're right the um the veterans seem to be um really benefiting from these longer races and i think it's not only the lo- the the length of time but the amount of uh destruction that's gone on to these racetracks by the time the main event starts yep. we've seen um on the last couple of uh races the the 250 main gate drops um typically like the, the same amount of laps that the 450 guys have been going out there uh like the the like the the track destruction that the 450s class used to have to deal with, the 250 guys are now dealing with, and that's getting even more exaggerated for the 450 guys uh, there, than thereafter. But uh, these 250 guys that are normally going out onto a, a little bit fresher track are, are going out on during their main event onto uh, a pretty like beat up. Like as as much as Dirtworks is doing a great job to make, maintain these tracks, it's just you, there's only so much you can do, and uh, the ruts, the the bumps, the the, the breaking down of the track, it's really, um, I think it, it's 
throwing a wrench into uh, the, especially the rookies, because uh, if you look at these these practice tracks that they work on during the week, like they get they get refaced every single morning, and like they're they only ride on them for a couple of hours, and there's maybe ten guys, fifteen guys out there total. Uh, they don't really bust them up the way that uh, two classes of forty dudes all day long do, and it's uh, it, it's a, it's amazing to see these uh, these veterans kind of kind of figure out these bumps and jumps a little bit differently than the, the rookies do. It'll be interesting to see. What about the guys on the KTMs? We haven't talked about anyone on a KTM yet so far. Uh, Jordan Smith, switching teams. He's in the number 44 machine on a TLD KTM. And then another guy, brand new on that team, is uh, Alex Martin. Um, two guys, or one guy very, very well known for his Supercross skills. Jordan Smith, uh, I think, kind of, uh, that he's a bit of a Supercross guy. And then Alex Martin is, sure. uh, mm-hmm. a, 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 although the, the smaller whoops might may help him racing on the East Coast, um, Supercross is still not his bread and butter where do you see those two guys kind of fitting in yeah i could see them you know being top six or eight guys somewhere in that range just you know if i was setting a fantasy lineup uh for for this weekend i'd probably put uh i'd probably put smith down closer to seven or eight and i'd probably put alex you know in that five six area somewhere in there um but yeah i I think that's where they're going to run although alex did show some flashes in supercross last season uh, where he looked really good and um, at times better than Jeremy. And uh, I know he came into the into the outdoor season last year uh, with a lot of momentum and, and a lot of people were behind the scenes were saying, you know, Alex is going to have a great outdoor season because of how he came in off the of Supercross. So uh, I think that's another kind of intriguing uh, storyline going into uh, the start of the East Coast Series is just hear what uh, or see what Alex will do uh, when the gate drops. I totally agree. Uh, it's um, I think he's gotten better at it over the years. Um, I, I'm not too sure if he has the potential for race wins, but I think he can definitely play spoiler because he's he's a smart rider. He's he's good. He gets good starts. He's a small guy on a on a, on a powerful machine, and uh, he knows how to stay out of trouble a little bit uh, as far as staying off the ground and uh, working his way through when the bullets are flying in the 250 class. Um, new machine seems like he's in a, a happier place. Both the Martin brothers seem like they're in a happier place. Which uh, happy motocross yep. races go fast. Um, and uh, I, I think we'll, we'll see good things from uh, from Alex Martin. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the the rest of that star team. Uh, one guy goes by the name of Mitchell Harrison. Um, some people uh, have described his riding style as a uh, a grenade with the, the pin pulled. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it, t- time will tell if he's gonna he's gonna kind of fulfill that prophecy. But um, do you think that a couple of get-offs last year have kind of helped him wise up a little bit um because if he can if he can harness that speed we saw in in uh, some of the practice laps uh the kid was nipping at the top five a lot of times last year on the on the, uh, on the west coast yeah oh time will tell you know i remember uh, uh about 20 years ago a, a short little kid from florida coming in and, and saying jesus if this kid ever figures out how to stay on two wheels he's gonna do something uh, and and that kid turns out to be the goat so uh, you know, we'll see what happens as far as he goes. But yeah, he's he's another one of that, isn't he? Uh, one of the Oklahoma posse. He's uh, I believe so. From yeah. uh, from that, yeah, I think he is. I think he's another one of the Oklahoma posse. And just you know, there's that whole crew of them. That man, they all just know how to twist it. And uh, I don't know if it's the Guy Cooper lineage or, or what the story is there, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to seeing him for sure too. For sure, those guys just twist it. But uh, um, 
give give me your prediction right now for uh, who has the ability to uh, to win races. Not like obviously, uh, like like we don't know who's going to win how many or or what. And like so you, you could you could predict guys that could could get a, a race win, but that might not. Uh, get one, but uh, who of the guys that we've talked to so far have the potential for race wins? Um, a, a, a few guys jump off the page at me, but I'd love to to hear your uh, your take. Yeah, you got to go with those just those top three guys. You know, you got you got to go with AC. Uh, you know, it's, it just look. It seems like uh, Pro Circuit Kawasaki has a fantastic machine this year too. Everything I'm hearing about it from Hill and. Uh, and Austin Forkner is just, you know, they're raving about the new bike. Uh, so you got, you got to go with, uh, AC, uh, just his experience and talent. And also, of course, Savachi, uh, you know, he's already shown he's, he's proven, uh, that he has the speed and, and, uh, the confidence and the, and the mental toughness to do what it takes. Uh, you know, so you got to go with, with those two, uh, you know, going to be fighting for it. And then of course, Christian Craig, uh, although he's coming off some injury too. So, uh, it's another one, although, not a severe injury and you know he's had lots of time to get ready and you know of course he's been working with David Geeman so uh that's always a good thing and, and you look at what he's done for Alex Ray in a short amount of time so uh, you know and, and Christian's a fantastic rider you know even before DV started working with him so uh I would have to say those are those are going to be the top three guys uh without seeing them on the bikes at all or in practice or on the track you know it's hard to say which of those three uh, but you got to go with those three, and then kind of after them, you got to kind of filter everybody else in your your uh, Zachos and your uh, everybody else. Fair enough. So, uh, so what you're saying is that uh, um, do, does does Zach Osborne have the potential to win a race, even even if those three guys have good nights, or does he need something uh, unfortunate to happen to one of those three to uh, to to get to that top step of the podium i'm sure that he get a podium ride with those guys having decent nights but uh does he kind of need the the chips to fall his way uh to 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 gain himself a victory no i think he can do it i think he needs to get a start and uh i think zach knows how to ride with a start but i think i think he gets around that first corner first uh some of those other guys get a little up in traffic i think i definitely think that zach can win Fair enough. Okay, cool. Well, uh, let, let's get a, a top three in the points come uh, come Vegas. And now we're already starting to talk about Vegas uh, Supercross, which gets me excited. But uh, um, in, in all reality here, um, who who are your like – you'd mentioned your top three, so uh, let's get a solid prediction of a championship winner and uh, the two runners-up. Okay. I am going to go out a little bit on a limb, and I'm going to say AC. On the AC top. for the championship. Ooh. AC for the championship. I know it's a little bit of a limb, but man, that kid's got the talent, all the work he's put in. He's healthy again. Uh, you know, just that, that talent that kid has. So I'm going to go AC, Savachi, and then Craig. Green Tide. The Green Tide is rolled back in. Wow. Well, uh, the, 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 the pro pro circuit bikes uh, just uh, that, that put a smile on on Mitch Payton's face. Maybe he'd even give me an interview uh, by by the time the series are done. Uh, but uh, I think I think you're on the right track. I'm going to stay green, but I think this is the year that Joey Savacci gets his championship. Uh, I think he he was very close to one last year, and uh, the only guy that was standing in his way is currently getting podiums in the 450 class. So. Uh, um, 
I, I'm I'm gonna respect your uh, your podium by going with the exact same three riders, switching those K- Kawasaki's and going Cervacci for the for the championship, AC nipping at his heels, and uh, and and not and a not so distant third Christian Craig, um, and, and there you have it. Though that's kind of our breakdown of the 250 East division. Uh, Mike Sweeney, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, we, we would go longer and uh, and dissect your your Luke Reslins of the world and your Nick Gaines of the world or even your Lorenzo Lucrucio of the world but uh, unfortunately I've got an eight <laughs> o'clock puck drop to to get to uh, this this evening first hockey game back since coming back from California excited about that um, before before I get going let people know where they can get more information uh, about you on social media as well as they can visit uh, the scrub sheet yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it, if you want to kind of check out a cool website, uh, it's a great homepage uh, if you're into moto. Uh, basically, it's kind of the Drudge Report of Dirt, uh, where what I do is I incorporate uh, just about every moto feed and podcast and fantasy website onto one page, and it, it just links back to, so you'll have like RacerX, Vital, you'll have everything that you see online, uh, like six, seven, eight different websites that you can browse all on one page, and then uh, say you see a story about Damon Bradshaw, you click, it'll bring you right to that story on Racer X. Or if you see, you know, photo report from Guy B at Dallas, you click on there, it brings you right to Guy B's photo report. So it just kind of takes everything that's out there in the moto world and puts it on a one web page. And uh, it's a great way of looking at what everybody's doing and comparing and uh, also just kind of keeping up with what's going on in the sport. Uh, and then it's all with following me personally. Uh, I am on Instagram at Sweeney Photo. S-W-E-E-N-E-Y photo, all one word. Uh, and then also on the Twitter machine, uh, same thing, except for there's an M like Mike at the beginning. So M Sweeney photo. Some bastard took Sweeney photo before I got there. Uh, so that's it. It's uh, awesome to talk to you and catch up. And uh, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, my friend. Don't hang up just yet. But for podcast's sake, we'll cut it off right there. All right, bud.